0: Welcome to the Meta Business Podcast. The Metaverse and Web3 are bringing about the biggest revolution since the internet itself. With your hosts, Paul the Prophet Dawalibi and Jeff the Juice Cohen, we will be bringing you the latest Metaverse business news and insight into what it all means. The Meta Business Podcast starts now. From the boardroom to the Metaverse, this is the Meta Business Podcast. I am Paul the Prophet Dawalibi. I'm joined today by my friend and co-host, Jeff the Juice Cohen. For those of you who are new here, welcome to the official podcast of the Metaverse. What we do is we cover the most pressing Metaverse topics and news of the week, but we look at all of it through a business and C-suite lens. We dissect, we analyze the business implications of everything happening in this industry. For our regular listeners, thank you guys for tuning in every week. Thank you for the love, the five-star ratings and reviews. If you haven't yet, do two things. Leave a five-star rating and review and go share the podcast with someone else. Send it to someone, email it to someone. Text it to someone. Share an episode you really love. This is how we've grown. Let's, really appreciate. So it.
1: I, I'm actually homeless at the moment. I'm living at my in laws for a month. Uh, prior to prior to you're living uh, in the metaverse. Uh, we're living in the metaverse, so this is a virtual <laughs> metaverse background. Uh, but yeah, no, otherwise good. I, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm tired. I'm not gonna lie, I'm, I'm a little tired. So I need I need you to pick me up with some energy.
0: Well, this is one of those. So moving is probably my most hated thing in life as well. But I will say that this is the great promise of the metaverse, should it come to fruition, it may completely nullify, you know, it may destroy the entire moving industry if done correctly, right? If we can really just plug in and live this alternate life in the metaverse, the need to move physical locations, or at least to have lots of physical stuff that you would need to move sort of gets lessened significantly. Should capital T, capital M metaverse actually come to fruition.
1: I look forward to that day.
0: <laughs> the good. moving industry at risk. You heard it here first from the metaverse. Um, all right. We got a lot, of, a lot of news to go through here. We have some, some good stories this week, I found, that um, I want to make sure we touch on. And let's start with, I thought this was interesting just because it's the first I'd heard of it. You'd flag the story um, I had not seen anything like this before, and the headline here is U.S. charges ex-OpenSea exec with NFT insider trading. So the Department of Justice officials states the first time they've pursued an insider trading charge involving digital assets. So um, the story here basically is, this is this guy, Nate Chastain, worked for OpenSea. He quit after, you know, he would gotten the crosshairs of U.S. authorities, supposedly charged with wire fraud, money laundering. He was trading on confidential information about which NFTs were about to be featured on the OpenSea homepage. Um, obviously, if, a, if an NFT is featured on the homepage, right, it's going to most likely go up in value. People will bid it up or will, uh, you know, will will pay higher and higher price because it's more visible to more people. And I guess he was buying these. But he flipped dozens of NFTs after choosing to feature them on the website, selling them for two to five times what he initially paid. Um, What do you think of NFT insider trading here, Jeff? Kind of, you know, I wouldn't say fun story, but you know, one that we don't talk about very often here. Um, What do you make of NFT insider trading and this story specifically?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's an interesting one. I don't know. You know, I'm not exactly sure. You know what to what to make of it. Um, does
0: this first validate- case, I guess,
1: of it it, it, do- it does it. I mean, it, it makes sense. You know, these digital assets have value. So, you know, technically, the question in my mind is, you know, and, and I don't know if we're specifically the right people to answer this, but are NFT securities like? Does the SEC actually have you know authority here where they actually can regulate this? Um, because you know, it's not like stocks or bonds where they're regulated by the SEC. Um, these things aren't, you know, um, registered as securities, so it's it's an interesting gray area of the law. Uh, I bet there's a lot of people, you know, on, in Discord communities and and other folks who maybe are sleeping a little bit weary or you know, with one eye <laughs> open tonight, thinking like, "Hey, uh, you know, did I do something wrong if 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 I've been kind of doing something similar to this?" Because there is a lot of, um, you know. I would say speculation and front running that does happen in these discord communities. Like it's, it's pretty similar to what we see actually in stock trading where you have these Reddit groups that, you know, go on and say, Hey, I just bought this stock. Everyone else should go buy it. And it's, it's a little bit of like a pump and dump. Um, This year is, is an interesting one. It's definitely not a great look for, for, for OpenSea as a platform. Um, You know, particularly when they're looking to be, kind of the leader in, in in trading these NFTs and kind of trading digital assets, uh, you know, in games. So it, it's a bit of a black eye for them. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, where the law actually shakes out here. This could be just, you know, one U.S. attorney looking to make a name for themselves or they don't actually really have the authority that they, you know, they might think they do. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one.
0: Well, they did fire the guy. So there's that. I think you bring up such a good point about it being a security or not, though, because that, that got me thinking, like, you know, StockX, right? These websites where people sell, like, sneakers or, like, other collectibles, physical collectibles, right? Like, sneakers or, you know, the latest uh, hoodie from uh, Balmain or whatever, right? If, if I work at StockX and I know this sneaker is going to be featured on the homepage and I buy the sneaker in advance, only to then flip it when it's featured on the homepage. Do you think there's any universe where U- U.S. federal, essentially law enforcement here, would get involved because I'm flipping sneakers as an insider on StockX? Do you think the fact I mean, it that it's an NFT, it has put it in the crosshairs a little bit, right? That that there's this perception that people might be abusing this and they they need to come in and make a statement.
1: There's actually a little bit of precedence here. I remember back, um, I feel like it was 2015 or 16, when DraftKings actually had a bit of a scandal where they had employees that were working at DraftKings that had all the data around usage of, of players for their Daily Fantasy site. And they weren't betting on the DraftKings. They weren't using it on the DraftKings site. But what they would do is they would go on the FanDuel site. And because you know the usage of players was very similar on FanDuel and DraftKings, They were able to optimize for like the best roster because they knew who was, you know, what players the public was using. And like one guy, I remember won something like 300 grand, like a massive prize pool on FanDuel and then didn't think he did anything wrong, like posted about it in a chat group. And it it became like a massive thing. And if you recall, that's literally what basically brought down the daily fantasy industry. Uh, The New York attorney general ended up suing and saying it was like insider trading. I don't think that employee, you know, he did get fired. I don't think he ever like faced real serious legal repercussions or anything like that. But it actually became a massive scandal um, for something you wouldn't think. It's like, well, it's daily fantasy. It's not gambling and it's it's really just a product for fun. So like there shouldn't be, quote unquote, insider trading. So it's actually pretty, pretty analogous.
0: You know, one of the one of the attorneys quoted in this article says this sends a very, very loud message to the industry. Now that federal regulators have NFT transactions in their crosshairs. He says, we know that there's a lot of insider trading in the industry and in NFTs and in decentralized finance. So the question is, are you really disclosing all the information to users or the community? I mean, it'll be interesting to see if this is unraveling something much, you know, much bigger, right? Where now they come down hard on everything and 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 we start to see, you know, two of these stories a week. Or is this more just like a shot across the bow? We make an example of this one guy and, you know, like shape up industry, basically.
1: It's a really good question. What do you think? I mean, my man, I went back and forth as you were you were talking. I I think it probably will be a bit of a shot across the bow slash, you know, you have to set some legal precedent if this is the first time. Like it will this case will probably have to go through the courts and see, you know, whether whether it actually gets upheld. Um, and then maybe if it does, they the prosecutors start going after others. That, that's probably what I think. What
0: do you think? I'm with you on that. And I, you know, I think that the, it's a it's the first warning shot. Now, I, I like to take the side of call it optimism here, where I think this validates NFTs in some way, right? If if there wasn't anything there, if this was all vaporware, if this was right, that maybe like in some ways. And the fact that they're they're going after this means this is more real. Uh, now I don't I don't know if that's a fair statement, but you know it it feels it makes it more real for me at least, right? That they're treating this in the same way they treat if someone was insider trading a stock validates this as a as an asset of some sort. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Sky Mavis, Jeff. Sky Mavis in the news, and that's always I think interesting. You know, obviously, one of the biggest players, if not the biggest, in the play-to-play-to-earn space, and and the headline here is Sky Mavis unveils first user-generated games for Axie Infinity. Axie Infinity, owned by Sky Mavis, so they unveiled their first projects, the first projects accept, accepted in their builders program. This is an initiative that introduces UGC or user-generated content in the Axie Infinity ecosystem. So it's a laboratory for com- uh, community-created games. And uh, obviously, NFTs at the heart of all of this, right? Like it's still part of the Axie and ecosystem. So it's all the same mechanics uh, underlying it in blockchain, et cetera. Um, but this is new for them because up until now, Sky Mavis was building their own games, uh, was building their own experiences. Is this a monumental announcement? Jeff, like are we gonna be talking about this six months from now or a year from now still? Or or is this like um, I mean, does this put them in the in competition well, with Roblox and therefore much less excited about this?
1: Well, so I, if anything, I think it puts them in competition with Roblox, but that actually makes me more excited. The reason why I okay. hesitate to say it's going to be a monumental shift, just because I don't know whether the the Sky Mavis team will be able to execute to create something can actually compete with Roblox. Like part of me thinks just the, you know, the community is really there for player. Like, I don't know if you're going to see the type of engagement that we see with, with Roblox. Um, but it definitely opens up a massive new um, potential revenue stream in terms of user generated content. I think we saw a very similar thing with Fortnite where they're now kind of opening up the Fortnite creative. And, and I think the story was they they were bringing the unreal editor into Fortnite to kind of, beef up the creative mode. So it seems like all these companies that were product companies, were game companies, are now trying to become user-generated platform companies, which I think makes all the sense in the world if, if you view user, user-generated user content as one of the important pillars of the metaverse, which I actually think I, I do believe that that's the case. Uh, so I think it's a, it's a very big potential step. The reason why I'm not ready to call this and say, oh, my God, this is a monumental piece of news is just because I'm a little skeptical that I'll actually be able to execute on it. And that the play to earn type community, which let's be honest, I think some there were some stats that over 40 percent of users of Axie Infinity at its peak were these scholars in the Philippines. Those people were there because it was a digital job, not because they were coming to engage and create content and be part of that ecosystem. So I'm a little skeptical that the Axie community will actually utilize this in the way that maybe the Roblox community has has clearly. Um, so that's the only reason why I'm hesitant. But what,
0: what are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I, I personally don't think this is going to be a success. I think going up against like the I believe developers can only develop for so many platforms, right? So to me, this is there is some element of making the pie bigger, but I also think in some ways it's a zero-sum game. If you're spending all of your time building games for Roblox, you're probably not gonna spend time building games for uh, Axie Infinity's platform also. And, And I think Roblox probably too far along, like I don't think there's gonna be developers jumping ship. So what is the universe of developers who love this platform who also have the talent to develop content and can make something really good that people will play like i think you're start to get into really really small numbers and my fear is with anything play to earn the fundamental problem has been making good games and 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 opening it up to UGC in my mind, doesn't solve that, right? That you get smaller budgets even, right? You get individuals who, you know, if, unless you're a studio with hundreds of millions of dollars, making a great game is really hard. And so while it's not impossible, I see the probability of success very low. It doesn't solve the making great games problem, probably. And the uh, the ability to attract uh, track developers is low, probably. I just don't see where this succeeds or where it fits. I'm not sure UGC is the answer to Play to Earn's problem in the same way it's very much as the answer to, uh, like, like, for Roblox, right? This is the crux of their platform, but mostly because it's monetized through, um, uh, like, cosmetics and, and that kind of content, right? Like, that, where you have a volume of games and experiences available, makes more sense to me. I think you made a great point. The majority of people going into Axie Infinity. Are there because they want to earn an extra dollar that day? What what do they care if there's an, a cute little mod on a something that they've already played? Or like, if it either helps them make the dollar faster or slower or the same speed, and it'll sort of survive or fail on that aspect, on that sort of point alone, in my mind.
1: Yeah, I guess you brought up a good point. So that that's the only KPI that really the players care about is how much money they can earn. So unless this user generated content Sort of, uh, you know, almost like pseudo app store metaverse increases their ability to earn. It's not going to draw on new players.
0: Let's let's talk about investment in metaverses uh, for a moment here, Jeff. Uh, this story again, one you flagged, that really interesting story. The headline here: is South Korea to invest 177 million directly in metaverse platforms. So the government of South Korea announced it will start investing in metaverse projects directly. $177 million will be invested to kickstart national jobs and companies in the field. Uh, this is from statements made by the Minister of Science and Information and Communication Technologies. Um, as we all know, uh, South Korea, huge gaming market, right? huge gaming population, maybe the, the biggest esports market uh, in the world. And uh, This is a new focus for them. It's included in what they call their Digital New Deal, a set of guidelines the government's following to push citizens to transition to a fully digital society. Um, (laughs) Two questions for you here. What do you think of the amount, $177 and what do you think of government getting into the business of building metaverses or supporting metaverse companies?
1: The amount is, it seems low. I mean, for, for, for a country, like I think, you know, we've seen announcements of VC funds that are five to 10 X this. So I do think, you know, the amount is a little bit paltry, in my opinion. Um, having said that, you know South Korea. I believe you know their government has always been pretty forward in terms of investing in technology. I believe they've they've done a lot in terms of infrastructure. Like one of the reasons why South Korea is so like esports are so popular in South Korea, I think, is because they invested a ton in in um, telecommunications back in the '90s, and like they have really good high speed internet and 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 like free Wi Fi. Because of all that government um, investment, so I think you know they they probably view this program somewhat similarly. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's it's definitely a, a smart move. You know, if we view the metaverse potentially at some point as the future of the internet, well, the internet really isn't owned by any company, and at, at this point anymore. Maybe back in the day, you needed like AOL and you needed to pay them a monthly subscription, but now it's 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 largely you know, a, uh, I guess, a, a service, an infrastructure service, if you will. Um, so maybe it does make sense for the government to, to own it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know about ownership here. Uh, first of all, I'm not fussed by the number. I think it's one of those, it's, it's, a, it's an amount that primes the pump and I think will attract billions of dollars of, of future investment and, and will create, you know, a lot of future value. So I love the fact that they're thinking ahead here. Um, I think all major governments should be thinking about this, whether it's the US or Canada or UK or countries in the Middle East, like this is the kind of initiative that gets people excited, most importantly, attracts talent. I don't think we've talked about that, but when you have you know Facebook/slash meta investing 10 billion a year, there is competition for talent building these metaverses, building the platforms, building the technologies. Um, and so wanting to keep people in South Korea and and the brains in South Korea makes a lot of sense from a government perspective. So, I I mean, hard to not love this on all fronts. I just wish it was way more widespread and you actually had competition between countries with funds like this, you know, wanting to attract the best and the brightest to build there. This to me is the only way the metaverse capital M comes to fruition. Um, and, And I don't say this alone, because I do think meta spending 10 billion a year is one of those critical steps that needs to be taken and one of those critical pieces of of the puzzle, but I think governments getting behind this, realizing that their citizens will live alternate digital lives, and they should have some hand in helping to build and create that, I think is is um, fascinating and great to see. And I applaud South Korea for doing it and prove that metaverse evolves out of gaming more first and foremost. This is why this is coming out of South Korea in my mind. Agreed on that, um, Jeff. Super good episode. Wraps up this week's episode. I know it's a bit of a short one, um, but hopefully everyone enjoyed it. Guys, don't forget, go subscribe to the podcast, leave a like, uh, review, five-star review, share the podcast with a friend, with a family member, with a colleague. We really appreciate it. Don't forget, the future is fun. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for joining us here on Meta Business. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast everywhere you get your podcasts, leave a five-star review, and tell your friends, family, and colleagues all about us. Also, make sure to follow Meta TV on all socials to get more of the best Metaverse content anywhere. Tune in every week for another episode of Meta Business.